this is the first time that I've recorded, a, or that we've recorded an episode since all of my shows have been over. Yeah, boy. And I'm not in another one, and I'm just trying yeah. to get used to that. As your, as your, uh, as your boss, <laughs> I have to tell you, you're no longer allowed to do plays. <laughs> Oh, then we're going to have a problem here. As your fancy boy boss that don't pay you shit, you're not allowed to do this. Well, listen. Like, this this is your magnum opus, is a load of BS. It's you acting like you care about this show every single week. Do I act like I care about the show? I'm (laughs) I'm doing something wrong. I I try my best to be as... Complacent and hated it as possible. I I thought that was my bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time. It's time. It's time for a load. I'm talking about a load. A load of BS. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. A load of BS. The greatest show on the planet featuring the two best damn men of all time. And I am talking about he, the B, a man who's a juggalo and a furry. It's Blake. Wait. No. No. What? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. None of that is true. Although I did link you a video earlier today of oh, yeah. a juggalo and a furry. I know, that's what I was quoting that. And I'm and I'm a furry who's also a juggalo. Scotty Moore, what's up? God what? what's happened? It's we we stop we don't record for two weeks and then this happens. Well my favorite moment of that video is the fact that I was just like, okay, this seems like a parody, and then it cut over to actual Violent J of ICP, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, damn it. Son of a bitch. I was just like, oh, this is real. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like if they just weren't didn't have such a violent reputation, I wouldn't be so anti-Juggalo. And I don't, I don't think I'm anti-Juggalo now. It's just like... Would you say that the clown posse makes you insane? <laughs> that might be what it is, dog. I mean, you start off and, and then they give you all these questions like, fucking magnets, how do those work? And you try to explain it, but then they just make you insane with it. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's what their what, whole thing is. That's the whole steez, man. We've unlocked it. They make you insane. Now we have to explain now how now furries. There's no insanity. <laughs> it's just, you know, they're into that, I guess. All oh, right. yeah, that's whatever... Whatever floats your fur boat. Yeah, whatever floats your fur boat, do it. I'm a fucking Did you fur know yeah? that Fago is a product of the National Beverage Corporation, which also makes such wonderful beverages as Ritz, Pure, well, hold on. Well, no, 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 Shasta, no. Everfresh, and LaCroix. Well, Shasta and LaCroix, I knew. Can we go back to Ritz? That's already a thing. <laughs> If this is not some sort of buttery cracker beverage, then they are off the mark quite a bit. I also, like... It's spelled the same way as the Ritz crackers, too. It's got a Z in it. 
I feel like that's how Ritz is spelled no matter what. It's not a plural. It's not like I had a singular writ and then it got into multiple writs. I, it's just, you'd think it would be an S. Yeah. It's not extreme enough. <laughs> My god, there's a Fago flavor called Moon Mist. Oh, god, Fago. Have you ever drank a Fago? I've never actually. I see them scattered all around town. And I just wonder, we've talked about the pro the probable roving bands of juggalos at night that meet yeah. in different places and their leavings are scavengeable the next day. Well, if you see them at a gas station, it's never a gas station you want to stay at. Like, even if it does start off like a nice gas station, you see the Fago in the cooler and then you're like, we have to go. We've got to leave now. <laughs> we have to run. Uh, and you're... You see someone staring down a jug, like a pack of juggalos with their binoculars, but then all of a sudden you hear a rustling in the bushes next to you. You look they over. Found me. And they're there. Whoop, whoop! Clever clown. Clever clown! No, 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 no. What it is is um, you set up a juggalo trap because you want to catch one, and all it is is a bottle of Fago underneath a fucking basket with a stick. Oh god. Oh god, they can open doors. They <laughs> Okay, the movie, it's a shot of a doorknob and then you just see a hand reach up and then twist it. And then the door slowly opens and instead of hearing like that uh, noise from a velociraptor, you just hear whoop whoop. whoop, whoop. Oh. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm down. Why with that. is it that of the podcast genre of two boring white guys talking to each other, Juggalos is a very common thread. Well, my favorite is the fact that someone in the chat just says, what is this podcast about? Oh, God. We don't know! We're sorry! We just sat down one day and we're like, should we? Let's. This is literally a podcast called A Load of BS. I do not know what else you're expecting. It started off like a pun. Like, we were just like, Blake Scotty, it's a load of BS. And then we stopped and we're like, no, we're actually just bullshitting yeah, for a long time. It's a double entendre. It's a double entendre. Oh, man. So, anyways, back to Juggalos. Oh... Oh man, I don't know if I have. Oh yeah, no, never mind. Y you you try to catch them in your trap, and then you go, and the box is down. The fago's gone, but there's nothing caught in it. And you're just like, <laughs> what? And then from behind you, you get cr cracked over the head with a plastic fago <laughs> bottle, which it seems like enough to take you out. Wait, <laughs> you just turn around like slightly annoyed. What the fuck, man? What the fuck was that? Why would Woo you hit me like that, you piece of shit? And then they uh, smack you with a magnet. <laughs> They're like, tell me how that works, bitch. <laughs> and then that's it. Oh. Wakanda, f Wakanda for life. Bobby's Kingman. What? Did you just have a, just have a stroke? What just <laughs> I was trying to read something in the chat, and I just really did it bad. Wakanda for life. It's Wakanda forever, by the way. It is. It's okay. Oh, they also... I'm sorry, I'm on the Fago website right now. Um, 
Damn, they got a lot of flavors, my dude. Fago is a deep well of flavor. Let's see, we have Rock and Rye, Cotton Candy. Rock and <coughs> Rye would make a good name for a whiskey, by the way. Yeah. Moon Mist, Moon Mist Blue. Oh, God. Si something just called 6040. What is 6040? Oh, that's their actual spiked drink. The secret formula to the sophisticated sipping soda. Motherfucker, you're Fago. You are not allowed to call yourself a sophisticated sipping soda. Oh. It's a 60-40 blend of grapefruit and lime. Don't try 60-40 unless you are 100% committed to having a taste experience. Four, five, six, seven. They have a whole line of Ohana-flavored Fago. Ohana blends family. Ohana Punch, Ohana Lemonade, and Iced Tea. Do you think this is them directly referencing the Juggalo family? Because Ohana mean family. Whoop, whoop. At this point, like, you, they got to. Those are the only people that are buying Fago. Blake, there's a link at the bottom of the page to help out the Fago Flavor Master. Oh, yes. Submit. And I know what you're going to suggest. Let's do this. So, okay, well, hold on. We need a first and last name. So, Johnny. Don Osmond. I was going to say Johnny Donatello. Because you had a Don at the beginning. Oh. Johnny okay. Donatello the Spaceman. <laughs> uh, email a load of pure BS at gmail.com. What's our flavor name? Or do we need to get our description of it first? Um, our flavor name is Wakanda Forever. <laughs> no, because then they would have to... We've got to give them something. We've got to give them uh. a part of our brand. Oh, God, that's a... Oof. Ooh, that's a... Could we be can a, call it... A load of BS. Just... <laughs> The worst soda you will ever taste. <laughs> no, no, no. Since they definitely couldn't be able to print that, we have to elongate the bee, so it's a load of bees. And it has, like, this lovely honey taste, but with, like, spiky afternotes. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. A load of bees. <laughs> it's called a load of bees! And oh. bees has to be in all caps. A lovely honey-flavored soda. I'm having to write it like a sommelier, because that's apparently how they mm -hmm. write things on this website. Okay, a lovely honey-flavored soda with, um... I don't know. Let's see. I'm thinking like Hints a... of saffron for the <laughs> S. Hints of saffron. Well, no, I want some... I, I want, like, a sting, so it's gotta be, like... And whiskey. <laughs> with hints of... How about this? Hints of saffron and ginger... For a spicy kick. Feel the sting. The sting. With a load of bees. Um, you you need to put in a subscript down there in parentheses. This flavor must be endorsed by Jerry Seinfeld. This flavor. Okay, P.S. This flavor. No, no, no. I think if we say it must be, that makes it harder. This flavor have... needs to be. No, this flavor already <laughs> endorsed. Endorsed. By Jerry Seinfeld. The the world's best bee. Hashtag, do you like jazz? 
Oh, if I get any ref... What's saffron fucking tastes like? Dumb stuff. I'm taking out It's saffron. really expensive. <laughs> With uh, hints of ginger and... What's a good spice? I'm just gonna say spices. I'll let them feel it. I don't know. Maybe, um... Sugar. <laughs> just sugar? <laughs> sugar. That's it. Someone in the uh, someone in chat just goes, I like raw lemon. That's about it. <laughs> um, you know what? Say cinnamon, but spell it with an S. <laughs> well, I, I was gonna say lemon. Because it really puts the sin in your Fago experience. I think, should we do lemon, ginger, and cinnamon? Or lemon, lemon, ginger, and just spices? God, lemon, ginger, and cinnamon sounds like a horrible combination. Yeah, I think just spices. A lovely honey-flavored soda with hints of lemon, ginger, and spices for a spicy kick. Feel the sting with a load of bees. I feel like the Jerry Seinfeld makes them think we're not serious, but I'm just going to submit this message. Oh, it's fine. Oh, you know what a great spice that starts with an S that we could use? Salt. (laughs) Salt! That's it! Your flavor has been suggested to Fago. Thanks. And it's not an exclamation point, it's a period at the end. As if they're like, fucking thanks, I guess. Like, we, we're we not gonna pick oh, this. Oh, God. We just missed the golden opportunity to make a honey sriracha-flavored soda. Oh, God. That would possibly kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Blake, you know this podcast is about to get fucking endorsed by Fago if we pull this shit off. Are you right, my dude? Yes. Like, I, I am prepared. I am so... My body is ready for this what? in a way that it's never been ready for anything. Oh, God. Okay, so we've got... we've. Well, we've already started off with a banger. We started off with a fucking make it our own Fago flavor. Uh, where do we go now? Because I don't know. It, I, I, I bought I, new shoes today. <laughs> I was fixed to say, I looked at my notes, and the only note I have over this show is, vapes are cool. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Did I just kill you? <sighs> you can't say funny things when I'm taking a swig. <laughs> just vapes are cool, and then Blake dies. Uh, vapes are cool, okay? Vapes are cool, man. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just because I got this vibe of, like, every... I'm slowly remembering what it's like to go into a vape shop and just, like, hang out and have cool dudes. You have cool yep. dudes who are just like, hey, man, what's up? You want to learn some shit? Awesome. Are we, are we bringing vape back? Yeah, we're going to bring the vape back. Hold on. Let's go to Fago. <laughs> I mean, vape hasn't been cool since 2015. We we got some work to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Is there a place we can submit our own flavor for a vape juice? Hold on. Wait a minute. Just go to the Fago website. Hold on, dude. Hmm. I'm looking up make your own flavored e-juice right now, and if we can do this, we could probably order it. No, well, I don't want to fucking do it on my own. <laughs> I want people to do it for me and send it to me. You've already had your own experience with making your own flavored e-juice. Yeah, and it was garbage, Blake. It was the worst. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, shit. I found it. We can do this. 
Oh god. How many flavors do we want? We can do up to three. Um. Okay. I'm. I'm gonna re steak. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I'm steak flavored vape juice. Give me the steak. Okay, I see tobacco flavor, menthol, fruit, beverage, and dessert. I don't know if steak's mm. gonna be in there, dude. Okay, you're gonna have to find their contact email. <laughs> I want steak. <laughs> okay, okay. No, All no. Right. Let's be serious about this. Fucking take this seriously. We're making our own vape juice. Well, fun. All right. If it's now, I'm as as you well know. Yeah. I exclusively get stuff with a little bit of a menthol kick at the end. Now, hold on. We have options here. We have menthol freeze. Mighty, I feel like menthol will over... We're, we are resigning ourselves to a fruity-flavored thing. Blake, I just found top-shelf bourbon. You have no choice. That's our first pick. All right, that's my good stuff. Okay, good, good. Okay, so we got bourbon. What would go good with bourbon? Um... A Cuban cigar? Cigar? Cigar, maybe. It's maybe uh, sweet, like a honey-flavored. Uh, just just fucking <clears throat> sweet. <laughs> Let me see if I can find just sweet. Actually, could we just have bourbon and cereal, please? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I eat every morning for breakfast, so... Hold on, do they have... Well, like, I don't think they have normal cereal, but they do have... <laughs> Fruit Loops! <laughs> Bourbon and Fruit Loops! Oh, God. Okay. Well. <laughs> Go for it, my man. I, I think... guess we're, we're doing this. Well, hold on. I did find a caramel tobacco that I think would be very nice with this before we fuck it up. Or do we make it Churchill's breakfast so we have fucking fruit... You know how Churchill liked to start his day with a cigar... <laughs> Some bourbon and a bowl of Fruit Loops. Follow your nose wherever it goes. <laughs> Actually, Winston Churchill was the man who coined that phrase because he loved Fruit Loops so much, and he followed his nose all the way to Berlin. Man, I'm actually probably gonna order this. So can we not put fucking Fruit Loops in this? How about a glazed donut? That feels breakfasty to me. Cause I'm down with this Churchill's breakfast idea. All right, okay, I mean... <laughs> I really wanted I, the Fruit Loops in there, but okay. I really feel like you're limiting our options on this one, but I'll, I'll, I'll have to defer to your judgment. Well, hold on, we have an S, or we have the B from Bourbon, so let me see if there's an S for Scotty. I've got Shisha. Shisha, oh boy. Do they have a Sex on the Beach flavor? Um, no, but I swear to God, cinnamon is under the S <laughs> section, so that's a bit problematic. Ooh, well, maybe they had my great idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, do they have, like... Oh, shit! No, 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 I've got it, I've got it, I've figured out. Maple syrup. And do we do a cigar, or do we do waffles? This is going to be a very rich vape we're creating, Blake. Yeah, I don't know. See, I feel like I'm afraid the waffles, like, that's, th a, that's the perfect combination, but I feel like it would put it over the edge on sweetness. Mm -hmm. That's why I was about to say donut, but I don't think donut would work either. 
I think a donut would be sweeter. How about just peanut butter? <laughs> just, okay. just throw some peanut butter in there. Oh, God, this is going to be a thick juice. Or vanilla, This has maybe? got, like, three C's worth of thickness. Maybe vanilla. Mm, nilla billa. Nilla bourbon and uh, maple syrup. Oh, chai. They have chai, Blake. I don't know. I I prefer Nilla. Some Nilla? Okay. Oh, or Cookie. But yeah, I think Nilla. We're gonna rock Uh-oh. some very vanilla. Yep. So, Scotty, someone in the chat has described <laughs> what we look like. Yeah. Um, I think Scotty Moe is the Viking Justin Bieber slash Ed Sheeran. I'll, I'll and... fucking take that. I'm fine with that. I think... I don't know how to feel about this one, but I think you'll enjoy it. Blake Tanner is Nickelback with a crush on Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I love it! And, oh my god, yes. I love this so much. What's beard? What's beard? Uh, what's weird? What's... My, my mental picture of Justin Bieber is still like mid-2000s Bieber with like the bowl oh, cut. So baby I was like, Bieber. So I was like, why the fuck do they call me Bieber? Oh wait, he's got that Miley Cyrus hair now. I also like that you look like you have a crush on Miley Cyrus. <laughs> like, that's it. Oh, God. Like it. It's like, yeah, he's the kind of guy that would have a crush on Miley Cyrus. He looks like a dude who would have a crush on Miley. Um, yeah, okay, so we've made our... What's our, what's our <clears throat> vape called? What's it called? Oh, fuck, this was a bad idea. What's the juice called? It's bourbon, maple syrup, and vanilla. No, that's that was it. Oh, fuck, this is a bad <laughs> idea. But it's called... Fuck. Damn it. Uh, I don't know, man. How much is this gonna be? I just kinda wanna see. <clears throat> Secure check it. Oh. Who? Um, oh, no, this is... Oh, it's giving me way too much. It's way too... Oh, that's 30 bucks for two 30 mil bottles? Yeah, y'all can go fuck yourselves. Anyways, how you been doing, buddy? I'm good. I bought shoes today for $20. A real yeah. nice pair of shoes that would have normally cost, like, 80 bucks because they're those kind of... that you'd wear if you were in a restaurant. They got real good, like, grip on them. You stand up in them for a while. Yeah. Now, Bobby... They were two different sizes, so I got them for a discount. Yeah. Now, Bobby has brought up a new bit of lore we can incorporate into how we've met uh, a certain ocean person that comes on our podcast recently. They asked why my nails are painted, just because I fucking want to. Anyways, uh, and then Bobby goes, because he lost them in the Atlantic Ocean, I assume lost to my nails, and forced to be taught by the Oceanese tribe. And, Blake, I think we both know who the leader of the Oceanese tribe is. Well, he's actually revered by the Oceanese tribe as their god. You're damn fucking right. It's me, Mamorakari, god of the Oceanese tribe, god of law, god of the sea. Always good to come on the show with you boys. I heard you're making vape juice now. Can you make one for me? Oh boy. Um Yeah. Is there seashell flavor? I was gonna look, I see you get three flavors, and I assume this person has a hefty amount of juice to mix, so uh whale pussy. 
That's first okay, flavor. Okay, okay. Uh, fuck money, is that a flavor? Fuck money and uh, just that sweet, dank ocean weed. Just so much ocean weed. <clears throat> now, how do you ingest the ocean weed to get that good, good feeling? Well, we can't snort it because it fucking floats up. We can't, uh, we can't, uh, smoke it because fire cannot exist under the water. So, obviously, rectally, only possible way to shove that weed straight up your ass! And then there you go. All right, well, you guys have fun. I'm gonna go. Bye! All right, bye, okay. Mamala! See, hmm. Well... I guess we're gonna have to work on that. Yeah. I also mm. love that the chat is just talking shit about your forehead. Including yep. Captain Tibbs! <laughs> Tibbs has joined in on talking shit! That's... <laughs> That's a five head! <laughs> this guy fucks. This guy fucks right here. Oh, and you know who else fucks, Blake? Um... Me? Yeah! And all of our lovely patrons over at <laughs> patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's right, ladies and shit. Oh, fuck. Sorry, I keep reading the chat about Blake's forehead. Uh, but, of course, if you want to help us out, always go to patreon.com slash a load of BS and support us however you want to. You get access to our exclusive Discord. You get shouted out every single week on a load of BS. Like the Patreon Saint, Deborah Moore. Like Scott Moore. Like Miss Jenny Side. Like all of our favorites. And if you want to join them, if you want to join the BS Moon Marines, you can over at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Oh, I'm so happy we called them the Moon Marines. I know, right? You saw the fucking shirt, right? It's dope as hell. You're damn straight, son. Yeah, son. Um, but I will say, I thought we could have like just discussed our lives and everything that's happening, but then I realized that it's the finals, Blake Tanner, and it's a two-segmenter. <clears throat> Oh, to all the four people in the chat who are about to be massively confused. Oh, well, let's do a little recap of the BS Buckwild movie tournament over the past four fucking months. Me and Blake have just delved the cinemas for the most ridiculous, insane, not always garbage, movies possible. And it's all come down to this, BT. Here we go. Um, and it is Bad Lieutenant. Port of, port of Call. Port of Orleans. Port of New Bert, Orly Call. Burt Wonderstone, Port of Orleans, Magic Seas. With Nicolas Cage. With Nicolas Cage versus... Um, uh, I just watched it and it's already got its way out of my fucking head, dude. Nothing but trouble. Um, just had to say it quietly. Um, so let's start off with an, an, an analyst of uh, not, uh, Bird bad lieutenant. lieutenant. Bird lieutenant. The, the, sto um, the story of a bird 
who, uh, who became a lieutenant. Who became a lieutenant. Well, I feel like since I've actually seen it now, we can really get into the dankness yeah. of it. Um, God, it's such a... F- it's a trip. So to start the film off, Nikki Cage just is a dick to a man who's drowning for no fucking reason. This is after he realizes that that man has been accidentally left in prison during Hurricane Katrina, and he goes to save him, but he's such a massive knob to him. He's a dick the whole time. They start making bets about when he's gonna die, and then finally Nicolas Cage is like, alright, I guess I'm gonna fucking save you, you piece of shit. Rips off, like, his clothes, and then... See, here's the problem I had. He dives into the water. Cut. (laughs) You don't see him (laughs) rescue him. You don't see what happens. You just see Nick hit water, and that's it. And then a doctor is just like, yeah, your back's fucked up, and you're gonna be in pain for the rest of your life. And he's like... Actually, as he dove into the water... He he misjudged how deep it was, and he smacked his neck, <laughs> and the prisoner ended up rescuing him. Yeah, it was the exact opposite scenario, um, but for this, he he was promoted to bad lieutenant, or just lieutenant, but I would have loved, because in Nothing But Trouble, they did have a scene where they said, God, you're nothing but trouble, and it was a good groaner. I would have loved if there was a moment where it was just like, son, you're one Bad lieutenant. Port of Call, New Orleans. I would love it even more if Nicolas Cage is the one that said that. Like, oh man, you know, I'm a good cop, but I'm a bad lieutenant. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, 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 it's to like one of the, uh, it's to like one of the various random women he has sex with throughout the entire movie. They're just like, I want to stay with you. You seem like you could protect me. And he's just like, honey... I'm one bad lieutenant. <laughs> and then he gets on a motorcycle and drives away. As his head turns into a skull. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also a ghost rider. Um, okay, from there we cut to like six months in the future. Where apparently a lot's happened in Nikki's life. Because now, homeboy doing a lot of cocaine. Like... Nicolas Cage's cocaine technique in this movie might be my favorite thing on the planet. Because I feel like if I did cocaine, if I did coke, I I feel like I would try my, because it's expensive, I would not be as frantic as he is, because he's like sniffing for gold on his hand, whereas I feel like I would get very specific and make sure I got every last bit of that coke up. You gotta get your money's worth. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that, that happened, and then I, the movie kind of just keeps going, and then there's like a turning point of buck wildness, which I think both of these movies had, but for me the turning point was when he, his bookie, who he owes like $3,000 to, is just like, I'll give you an extra half a point, which I don't know what that means, because I don't fucking bet, and he's like, I'll give you an extra half a point if you could get my daughter's, like, dr- I think she was speeding. If you can get her speeding thing revoked, you get an extra half a point. And then cut to the most CGI'd crocodile lying dead on the side of the road. Like, there's just a gator there, like, eh, yeah. And then oh. Nick, Nick Cage 
Cage just runs up to the angriest trooper of all time and is like, Excuse me, I can see you're dealing with this whole fucking alligator situation. <laughs> but could you, uh, could you get this woman out of a speeding ticket? And the guy basically tells him to fuck off. And this is where I met probably my favorite character in the entire film. And it's where there was a scene where you saw a POV of the baby crocodile or the baby alligator looking at its mama and then like turning and walking away. And all I could think was just like, I want to know his story. I want to know the oh, baby crocodile. He grew up to be the alligator, the transvestite alligator from All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, I thought you were going to say he grew up to be Killer Croc in Suicide Squad. No, he's a man croc. He's a killer man, croc. Not a croc man. He's a man croc. Not a croc man. Man croc. Mm -hmm. You're a whole croc of man. Yeah, yeah. So after after losing baby croc and not seeing him for the rest of the movie, which by the way, I thought the way they treated that opening scene where he like dives in and you it cuts, I thought for the rest of the movie you were going to have these random like flashbacks where you see the rest of it so you can kind of understand more. Nah, fucking Werner Herzog was like, you know all you need to know. Oh, yes, I believe you get to the point. He hurt his back. I had a man come to uh, him and tell him that his back is hurt. So you know uh, his back is hurt. I mean, really, what more do you need? We It it would have gotten in the way of really hitting home the pointlessness of life that I believe this movie accurately portrays. Yo, dog, for real, though? <laughs> Although, the, I'll say the ending, and I guess we're going to kind of skip ahead. The ending has a pretty anti-Hertzog thing. Because, like, everything kind of yeah. starts to come up aces for old Detective Nicky Cage. It does really turn around for him at the end. There is like, I think that's one of the most wild things, is that, like, in this movie where the craziest shit happens, and you think this is, like, just going to be horrible for this guy. No, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. There's like a scene where for th it's literally three interactions in a fucking row. Like, uh, he punched out a dude that was beating up his prostitute girlfriend, and then that dude sent his dad sent gang members after Nicolas Cage, and then Nicolas Cage got them all dead, but one of their souls is still dancing, so they shot him again. That guy comes back and is like, oh, I don't want any problems, so no one's coming after you anymore. And he yep. leaves. Then the book... That was the scene that got this movie to the finals. Oh, yeah. His soul is still dancing. But then... Shoot after... him again. Then after that, second man walks in, and it's his bookie. And he's like, you've actually won $5,000 off that football game. <laughs> awesome, man. And then third dude walks in, and it's just like, yo... We found crack, a crack pipe that Nicolas Cage planted on the scene that has all the evidence, so we can take this guy out. <laughs> it's all in the set. It was so insane that I genuinely thought that Nicolas Cage was still high on a crack pipe, and he was fantasizing all of this, and the end of the movie was going to be him, like, OD'd on crack in a chair, staring forward, and then Vernon would be like, Ah, yes, all of your dreams will never come true. Look at my example. I like to think that that was originally going to be the end, but Nicolas Cage was like, yeah, but what if we don't do that? What if it was all happy, and then my girlfriend is now pregnant with my child, and I'm promoted to Captain Nicolas Cage? As you know what, I may have been a bad lieutenant, but I'm a good captain. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's the sequel. Good captain, <laughs> port of call, Orleans. Yeah. I, I will. My favorite part is at the end where the dude he saved, the dude he saved at the beginning of the movie, finds him in like a hotel room doing cocaine, and instead of doing what any normal human being would do, which is say you're doing cocaine, I'm calling the police. Instead, he's like, you saved my life, man. Let's talk and hang out. And then... All right. You want to snort? You want to snort this? And then, uh... <laughs> Just kidding. You violated your parole, bitch. <laughs> Get back in there. <laughs> that was good. But my favorite was when Nick just kind of looks at him with this dead-ass creepy smile and is just like... What do the fish think? It's something <laughs> like that. It's so fucking weird. And then the next scene is literally just Nick and the guy he saved in front of a massive fish tank saying nothing. And then Nick just kind of laughs into film. I I think that like one of the biggest Buckwild positives for this movie there it is just the hallucinations that Nicolas Cage's character has. I am I'm still not convinced that the ending was real. I still think it might have been Nick Cage on a huge like cocaine bender. And see and you see that is the beauty. The beauty of the hopelessness of life. Because you so fill yourself with hopelessness in the movie that you can only see hopelessness at the end. <laughs> that is why I gave it a good ending, so no matter what, you would feel hopeless. No, I, I will say my favorite scene is still when he, like, he takes a bump of what he thinks is cocaine, and he's just like, fuck! And in the next scene, you see him run into his apartment, look at his girlfriend, and like, give me the crack rock now. I did heroin, so now I've got to balance it out with some oh. cocaine. I'm like, that's oh. not good math. Now, you see, that's that's what Uma Thurman's character needed in Pulp Fiction, a Nicolas Cage, to say, no, wait, that's heroin you're snorting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've learned. Which, oh, man, I think we need to talk about just the weird... His voice goes through a change, a metamorphosis. And I don't know if it's him trying to play up, like, the cocaine <laughs> affecting his nostrils or what, but he goes from, like, normal Nicolas Cage up into this kind of, like... Old school detective Caton's in the middle of it, and mm -hmm. I don't know where it came from. This is probably Nicolas Cage at his peak of voice work. Because I was going to say, like, the one thing this movie didn't have that uh, Vampire's Kiss, which is easily his magnum opus had, is a weird fucking voice. And as soon as I thought that, he started doing that, like, meh, I'm an old school gangster, see? Like, I was like, okay, good, he thought about it. He thought about it and brought it back. Yep. That's the that's the one um, feature that you need to look for in a Nicolas Cage movie. If he doesn't do the funny voice, then it's just not worth it. Yeah, you might as well just stay away, my dude. It's garbage. It's a garbo <laughs> movie. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's, like, anything else that was super buck wild that hasn't been brought to the oh have we shown the clip and i'm not going to show it because the last clip we showed nick got really mad at us have we shown the clip of nicholas cage almost killing an old woman no i don't i think that's the one that i had in the chamber that i never got around to showing okay i think i showed it to you at one point off the air or you or i talked about it off the air 
but that's a big that's a real big one well not a, well here's the thing at least they set it up to where the old woman was like a curmudgeonly old wasp, and I kind of hated her. So I oh, felt yeah. a little bit less bad, because the original time I saw it was just a clip of Nicolas Cage walking up to this old woman, taking out her oxygen tubes and being like, this woman's gonna die in about five minutes, no one knows I'm in here, so they're gonna pin it on you, and you are gonna go to jail, and you are gonna lose your job! And I'm like, fuck, Nick, okay. Oh, I did kind of feel bad for the nurse at that point. Well, no, it got even better at the end because he, like, puts the tubes back in and they fall out and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then he just flips the fuck out again. Like, he's just (laughs) like, love you guys so much. Have a good day. I should kill you both right fucking now. You're what's wrong with America today. I'm like, whoa, Nick, calm down. Oh. I will say the magnum opus of crazy in this movie, and I don't even know if there's a clip of this on YouTube, is when he's smoking crack with, like, the drug dealer he's trying to bring down. Oh, yeah. And he just goes off. Nick goes full unbridled crazy, and that's it. There are a few, like, clip montages around on YouTube that's like, the top ten crazy moments in Port of Bad Lieutenant. And it's it's stuck somewhere in one of those, mm-hmm. but I remember he's seeing like it. He's just like laughing at him. He's just like, "How about you give me my crack, or else uh, I can send you to jail." <laughs> I'm like, Nick, please stop, Nick. Oh also, God, Nick. The scene. Did you feel uncomfortable with the scene where Nick Nick Cage cuckolded a young crack addict? Oh yes, that was very bad it was bad this movie treated like i don't think anyone came out of this movie looking good at all no um nick cage looked like an asshole if you um the 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 treatment of the black community by this film is pretty rough Oh yeah. If you're not it, if you're not that one lawyer, you live in the ghetto and you're a drug dealer. Like Werner, could you not? Werner? I feel like that's uh, the only reason that lawyer was casted as a uh, as a black man was the fact that Werner Herzog was like, "Okay, we're going to get some complaints about this." I felt, I felt a little bad about that. Too. Oh. Except Although, no, I, I say, no, I didn't. I don't feel bad about anything. I'm actually, I don't feel bad about anything because feeling bad is just a construct of humanity and society, and it really gets in the way. And eat a dick. <laughs> eat a dick. Eat all the dicks. My name is Werner Herzog. Man, I'm trying, so, to, trying to remember just everything that went wrong in this movie. Because it's not... It's a buckwild movie, and it's a crazy movie. But it's not, like, bad, but it's not good either. This is straight up kind of just, like, a basic Nicolas Cage crazy movie. Mm-hmm. It is, however, one of my favorite Nicolas Cage movies. It's up there. I think I think because I kind of like supernatural stuff a little bit more, Vampire's Kiss might, uh, might be a little bit better. Oh, yeah, now The I'm... thing that I love about Vampire's Kiss, though, is... It's supernatural up to the point that you realize, oh no, it's just Nicolas Cage's character hallucinating again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh shit, I forgot about my favorite character of all time, and it's the guy who... I feel bad for saying my favorite character was the guy who beat Nicolas Cage's prostitute girlfriend, 
but his performance was the most insane thing in the entire movie because he's just like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, whoa, whoa, man. Yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. He, like, leaves, he closes the door, opens it again. Whoa, whoa, man, closes it. <laughs> God. And then later when he, uh, when he came back and it was like, Man, I, I talked to my dad. You don't have a, that particular complaint has been pulled. You have nothing to worry about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He just kept saying "Oh yeah" over and over again, and I lost my shit. God. Okay. There's a question that I'd like to ask you before we get to our next movie, though. Okay. Do you think, after watching both of these movies for the first time, that both of these deserve to be in the spots they're in? Um, I will say, nothing but trouble, definitely. <laughs> I would have to go back and kind of rejudge everything against Bad Lieutenant, though. Because I think Bad Lieutenant was a little bit too normal at parts for me. Bad Lieutenant seemed like a bunch of normal with Buckwild sprinkled in. So it had like a lovely topping of Buckwild. Meanwhile, like, if Buck Wild was sprinkles, this would be a nice Sunday. Nothing but trouble would be a bucket of sprinkles. And that's it. Alright, then let's get into it. But, Blake, before we get into it, we do need to get into merch.aloadofpurebs.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to pick up your official BS merch, you can over at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. We got stuff for all our shows, fun fiction, opposite attractions, fight boys, and then, of course, a load of BS. I make a brand new shirt every single month that I put on the website, so if you want to grab it, make sure to go over to merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Now, Blake, I was having, what's the phrase, a good day. I was having a good-ass day. I'd seen Bad Lieutenant. was having a good time. And I was like, well, now it's time to watch Nothing But Trouble. And that's where it started to go downhill rapidly. Oh boy! Because yep. because here's the thing, I love. I got a message from you that said I started nothing but trouble, but the minute the word Brazilianaires came up, I had to stop it. But I, I like I did find it on YouTube, which what the fuck? I didn't think <laughs> I, like it's on like the buy it on YouTube thing, but it's also just on YouTube in general. The problem. And it's a problem we've run into with some of our videos before, is the fact that there is copywritten music in the movie. So YouTube did not recognize that the movie was a Hollywood film, but it did recognize, like, oh, wait, wait, hold on, that's Digital Underground. We gotta cut that out. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, we can't do that. Ooh, I'm sorry, sorry, no, no, no Underground tonight. We cannot do that. Oh, man, so I, I feel like this movie also had a Buckwild, like turning point and I don't know tr correct me if I'm wrong I don't think it's when they first get into Vulcanvania I think it's during that car chase scene that oh you mean the moment that John Candy pulls out his souped up fast car yeah souped up fast car John Candy in the slowest fast paced scene I've ever seen in my life cause it was just like there are two cars, and they're going. The O.J. Simpson police chase had more excitement <laughs> than this one. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to show you guys some fucking some shots of stuff. And so after they get... Also, the Brazilianaires are the cause of like all the problems in this movie, right? Yep. 
Although, it is Chevy Chase's um, want to, like, not go on the interstate that ends them up, like, in gets them where they are. Yeah, yeah, It's straight up all fucking the Brazil because the Brazilianers are like, oh, yes, we want to come with you tomorrow. Like, yep. fucking death. Oh, yeah, and they're the ones that tell them to run from the cops, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Firstly, the Brazilianers, uninvited, are just like, oh, we'll come with you. We're going to go. It's going to be great. Horrible accents from both of them. Then they get in the car. The police start to pull him over because he ran a stop sign. And then they're like, escape the police. Go. Go. <laughs> and he's just like, even there is even a moment where he's like, no, I'm just going to pull over. Like, I wasn't going that fast. And he's like, don't be. It was literally like a, don't be a pussy. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Yep. And then leads them on the wild goose chase. And the most buck wild thing about that is they're the only two who come out on top in this movie. Yeah. They don't have any repercussions whatsoever. I was fully expecting them to be like the two people in the group that gets killed. Because they needed to. Um, so then they end up in Vulcanvania where... Mother. Like, how do these two motherfuckers survive when the lawyers in Jurassic Park get the ending <laughs> that they do, and they're just like dudes? Uh, because that was directed by Steven Spielberg, and this was written by Dan now owns a vodka company, Aykroyd. <laughs> because at that point, I think he was like, I probably need to stop making movies. I could just make vodka now. That'd be fine, right? Um... Man, much better at that than the movies. I really, I've got a love-hate relationship with the good judge. As, as well, I believe you should. Because like he's got this kind of funny, quirky attitude, but then it's just undercut by Dan Aykroyd, and it's the worst thing on the planet. Like the way the way that I have best heard this described, and it's on the Flophouse episode about this, is that. You know how the blowjob scene in Ghostbusters was all Dan Aykroyd? Oh, yeah, yeah. And if he had his way, it would have been much longer and much more... Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if that whole scene was a movie. Well, not only that, and also had a lot of kitty bullshit in it. For no, Like, they're dropped into a dungeon that's filled with squeaky toys. Toys, yeah. Like, a, it's a fucking ball pit and shit. Okay, it was, like... a, it was a bad decision. <laughs> We'll just say that right now. But it may have been a good decision in one way. Because the squeaking sounded like bats. So it did make it a little bit creepier until you realized that they were just stepping on fucking squeaky toys and that was it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was some... And then the dinner scene, Blake. The, the dinner scene is one of God. The sound effects coming out of that man's mouth I cannot replicate because we will lose listeners. It was so bad. And there's the there's the one scene or there's the one cutaway in that scene that like so you know when Chevy Chase is looking at the judge just as he's eating that hot dog yeah. and he looks away and you see the judge's nose is very different from the rest of the movie that prosthetic nose oh, that he's yeah, wearing. Yeah. Where the where it just looks like a tiny penis <laughs> on his face. It happened a lot. There was a lot of tiny penis on that note. 
Um, mm -hmm. Another one of the bizarre moments that I actually sent this to you is the fact that he served Hawaiian punch out of like a weird ass oil can. Oh yeah, like he gets the oil, like the the tube for an oil can. He sticks it onto this big ass can of Hawaiian punch, and that's what they drink. Mm -hmm. And it's warm. Yeah, yeah. And then they eat like hot dogs. And what was the other thing he had? Oh yeah, ants on a log. And it was all, like, very much, like, kid food. I was waiting for them to get a yep. plate of Cheerios. It's like, this man is said to be over 100 years old. How? Yeah. Um, yeah, that that was bad. So after that, they... I love the train that delivers their food, though. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite YouTubers, um, William Osmond, he made something similar to that, but a lot less creepy and a lot more just ridiculous called the gravy train and it was just yeah. a train that came around and dispensed gravy on the people <sighs> um so that, that is another thing that i love about the judge like just the fact that he all of his weird contraptions around the house oh yeah and that's like his main thing mm -hmm. and with to an extent of like why why would you have this like the hallway that has a literally, it will close off everything down the hallway thing. Yep. Um, or Mr. Bone Stripper. Mr. Bone Stripper. We've talked enough about Mr. Bone, Bone Stripper. Bone Stripper. Well, <laughs> really, Mr. Bone Stripper. Yeah. But uh, what we haven't talked about is Demi Moore and how she tried her best. That poor sweet girl. Oh, she tried. And I don't think I've ever seen a. Uh, a relationship in a movie that is just the most like on Demi Moore's face do we have to do this I don't want to do this do our characters have to be in a relationship during this movie please god no Yeah. also like god the scene where she's like kissing him and she's just like openly talking about all the tropes about bad women in movies just like I fall for everything I'm such a sucker. I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, this is fucking problematic as shit. This is terrible. Mm -hmm. This is very obtuse writing that was obviously done by a Dan Aykroyd man. Mm -hmm. uh, also, that was the scene where she also says, you're nothing but trouble, and I just kind of screamed internally for a few minutes. <laughs> Look, Oof. the relationship between her and Chevy Chase was so forced... That the relationship between her and Bobo and Lil Devil seemed like, wow, she really loves these guys. In the end, I wanted, um, on the other end, I wanted Chevy Chase to just, just marry, drag John Candy. Which he make, we've said it before, he does make a pretty woman. He do, like, dang. I still love the scene where they're talking about her and they're just like, she, Dan Aykroyd's just like, or not Dan Aykroyd, uh, Chevy's just like, well, she seems shy, and he's like, she's a mute. Oh, okay, you're just gonna reveal that really quickly. <laughs> this is one of those moments where John Gandy is just like, I'm not gonna have to talk, am I? Please don't. I will wear me. the wedding dress for you, but I just don't want to talk. Well, I'll say, like, his police, his police persona is the most charming motherfucker on the planet. Like, he really took over the film for this. Yeah. Like, he's he, he feels like the only actual decent person in the movie. Yeah, 100%. He seems like a really good, genuine dude. So that's why, like, the worst people and the best people have the happy ending, which is John Candy and the Brazilian heirs. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, the minute John Candy is just like, hey, could y'all not like sentence them to death for once? Like they're decent people. And they're like, no, we can't. And the fact that and he, he sa- the fact that that he was saved- the only time that John Candy was wrong. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Please don't kill anybody. I man, I got I for the most of the times in the movie where uh, most of the time in the movie where like the music would cut out because YouTube realized like oh no it's playing copyright music I was happy because I was like I can skip this. I did get mad, however, when fucking Digital Underground had to play music for their freedom. And I was like, fuck yeah, this song bangs. This song's a bop. And then it cut, oh, yeah. out, cut out, and I was like, damn it! No! God, there is something special about that scene when the judge, Dan Aykroyd, just pops up and starts going to town on his old-ass piano. That was be- That was a moment I fell out and almost thought this was a good movie, Blake. I was like, <laughs> yes! Get it, Judge! Good boy! Well, that was because the sound was being laid down by the underground. Yeah. I did love the fact that, uh, A, Tupac is in this fucking movie. Yep. Uh, this I- is uh, his acting debut. Yeah, yeah. And secondly, I love that uh, whoever the lead singer is whose alter ego is Humpty Hump, he came in character as Humpty Hump. He was like, nah, right? nah y'all, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it as the Humpty. And then fucking, I'm sure Dan Aykroyd was like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. You can't not do that if you're not a Humpty Hump. Mm-hmm. It is Shock G, by the way. I had to look it Shock up. Shock G. But, yeah. um, I will say one of my favorite scenes and that's really hard to say, um, is the scene where the judge and uh, Chevy Chase have their little fight in his bedroom. And, <laughs> Chevy, and Dan Aykroyd is just screaming out random shit. He's just like, I'm going to stick you. I'm going to stick you with my blade. I'm going to fill you with so many holes, you're going to look like a salt shaker. And I'm like, okay, buddy. <laughs> have fun. His voice for the judge is the best. Oh, you're going to be sentenced and you're to death. Because there are moments where it just sounds like Dan Aykroyd, but then there are moments where he's like, well, you're going to get your puppers and your uppers and your downers and all of your cocaines, and then I'm going to put you in the bone stripper. (laughs) You're going to be dead. In the bone stripper! (laughs) Man, I will say my favorite moment of it, this movie had more endings than Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Because my favorite moment yeah. was when, like, they escape on the train and then go to Washington and they have to explain everything they've been through, which is kind of like having to explain the movie to our audience. And then the police are like, well, we'll take him down. At which point I remember. But come with us, yeah, specifically. Yeah, come with us. And I remember from one of your earlier synopsises, oh, no, they're fucking taking him back and they're going to get arrested again and this movie's not over. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, man. And I, I did love the scene. I did love that scene. Because it was tacked on for no apparent reason. It was literally a, wouldn't it be cool if this? All right, cool. And then we're going to blow up the town. And then the town just blows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no rhyme nor The town just finally decides, you know what? I've had enough of this. Well, existing is too hard. They've talked about, like, the coal fires underneath and how the judge, like, hates bankers and I don't know why. And then, so I guess, like, that's the payoff. That's Chekhov's coal mine. <laughs> Chekhov. You can't set up a coal mine in Act 1 and not pay it off in Act 3. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd was like, oh, wait a minute, the coal mine thing. I've got to put that in the movie somehow. Well, let's just shoehorn this in really quickly. It's like, but Dan, we've already shot the ending when they take them back and, and they the have police a, come and get you. They have a happy life. No, we got to change it. And then the ending is the most cartoon shit of all time. Oh, it's so... Oh, God. I've got, I've got you, banker. Thank Coming for you, banker. And then he leaves a Chevy Chase-shaped hole in the back. Well, my favorite was still when he reacted like he had been shot by jumping over the side of the fucking couch as he sees him. Like, oh my god! <laughs> yep. That was, good. that was on par with um, one of my favorite movie moments of all time that when I first saw it, I didn't think was a big deal until somebody brought it up online, and it's from The Dark Knight. And it's the scene, I, I think you'd know this one, where the Joker goes to see Harvey Dent after he got turned into Two-Face. And he's uh-huh. got the surgical mask on. And Harvey just looks up at him like he's his nurse. And he doesn't realize until after he takes off the mask that it's the Joker. It's just like, wait a minute. Yeah, he's got the dark makeup and everything. And Harvey's like, this seems fine. Oh, God, oh, it's him. <laughs> It's just Janice, the green-haired clown nurse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, Blake, we're at we're at it, my boy. We're Scotty, at the finals. I, I think that after this synopsis and after this just going over it, like, there really is only one choice. There is only... I feel like we made it clear at the end of the last segment that there was only one choice. Yeah. And it's the big bowl of sprinkles that is nothing but trouble. It is the silver bullet. (laughs) Silver bullet! I loaded in my chamber to shoot straight through the heart of the werewolf beast that was the B.S. Buckwild movie challenge. Yeah, well, not only that, I love the fact that, like, a few weeks ago we were like, Bad Lieutenant, Bad Lieutenant's going to be the bad, or the good guy in this story, and they're going to come back and defeat nothing but trouble. And then after watching it this week, I'm like, no, they're both bad guys. It's either horrible Nick Cage racism or shitty Dan Aykroyd. That's it. I will say, Bobo and Little Devil... Bobo and Little Devil were probably the shining light inside of Nothing But Trouble, though. Oh, those precious boys. They were so sweet. Other than the fact that they look like melting babies. It was the worst. It's uh, They only wanted love from specifically Demi Moore. Yeah. I mean, Demi Moore in that outfit, I don't blame him. <laughs> so, it... Congratulations, Nothing But Trouble. You've done it. We never Gold have to talk. Metal. We never have to talk about you again. Until we do the riff track. Yeah, we still have to do the riff tracks for our patrons. So if you want to hear that, make sure to donate over at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Anyways. So Blake, it's been a week. What did you learn, dude? I learned that <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's something with a few sprinkles on it or if it's just a whole bowl of sprinkles it they're just gonna be as unhealthy for you <laughs> as watching either of these movies it's full of racism either way oh and i learned that everybody out there y'all gotta get out to your nearest shitty sit-go gas station and pick up your fresh new bottle of a load of bees 
The greatest flavor for Fago to ever come out with. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. So, Blake, where can they find you on the internet, my dude? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can also find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. That's Darkroom V-I-D-Y-A. Yeah, do you... I do video game videos with other people, and we suck mm -hmm. at them. Uh, yeah, you know there's like a building in Universal Studios called the Darkroom, and every time I kind of step by it, like, aw, Blake's in there playing video games with this. Oh, yeah, that's our satellite office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I get into Universal so easily. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo. That's spelled S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. -E Make sure to buy all my books on Amazon. Queasel Corp, the whole trilogy is out. BS versus the Gods. All of my fantastic novels. Make sure to check those out. And, of course, make sure to sign up for a free 30-day trial of Audible, and you can get the audiobook for Queasel Corp or Queasel Corp Risen for absolutely free. And hopefully sometime this month, the audiobook for BS vs. the Gods will be out as well. It's a story about me and Blake taking on Grecian gods in a battle that's essentially of supernatural American gods and alcohol all kind of combined into one story so make sure to check that out and check out all the other bs network programs at a load of pure if you like fan fiction and hearing two people talk about that check out fun fiction if you like pro wrestling check out fight boys and if you like theme parks check out opposite attractions ladies and gentlemen and of course remember to pick up your bs merch at merch.loadofpurebs.com and to help us out by rating and supporting on itunes we know it's not the easiest to kind of help monetarily but if you would just help us out with a rate a subscribe all of that that would help us out so much and we'd love you forever for it and as always you can find us at a load of pure buy our merch at merch.loadofpurebs.com donate to the patreon find us on facebook subscribe on youtube and remember to follow both of us on twitter at a load of pure bs except no substitutes and we will see you next week